theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. I want to preach this thought to you. Here's the title of my message. Are you ready? I, 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 T, B, I, I, U, T, M. Praise God. (laughs) A king's decree. You know, a king sent out a decree, Alex, to all in his land. And he asked him to come to dinner. The reason for this dinner was to fill his new moat with water. He asked all the guests to bring a vessel of water, no matter what the size. And so all of his kingdoms attended and brought vessels of water. Some brought a cup, Joyce. Some brought a gallon. Some brought five gallons. Then some, Grace brought 50 gallons. Upon completion of the dinner, the king opened a door in his dining room, which was filled with many jewels. And after doing this, he told people to go in and fill the vessels each brought to the brim with jewels. In other words, what I want you to understand is what you put into a thing is what you'll get out of that thing. I want you to know, oh, don't go yet, princess. Oh, the rest of y'all can go. Praise God. You, you can go, Jane. You can go. You can have a seat. Praise God. You? No. Sorry. Praise God. You comfortable there? It, just, it, it sounds better when you play. Praise God. Praise God. Just, just watch. Watch. See, just uh, amazing. Some of y'all are like, ooh, what is that I feel? Praise God. Scriptural. I'll let you. I'll let you go in a moment. I'll let you. But you know what? It's not the will of God that you leave the same way you came. It's not the will of God that you leave the same way you came. I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants to change you today. He wants you to be transformed by the power of his spirit. You're not here by happenstance. You're here because the goodness of God drew you. I know you think you planned it out and you were attending this. No, 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 no. The hand of God has hand-selected you for such a time as this. He has called you, and I want you to know that you can stand to attention in your spirit to receive what God has for you because I I am declaring by faith, you will not leave the same way that you came. You'll leave stretched. You'll leave challenged. You'll leave inspired. You'll leave broken. You'll leave filled. You'll leave renewed by the power of Jesus Christ. And if there's anybody that's hungry for his presence, if there's anybody that's hungry for his spirit, you ought to clap your hands. You ought to wave your hands. You ought to let God know, Jesus, I'm hungry for you. I need you in my life this afternoon. Praise God. Praise God. I I know absolutely nothing about the Masons, but I'm going to share with you an excerpt of a letter I came across. Here's what this man says. He says, we as Masons are the heart of the Masonry, and we are the ones that can keep it going. We are the revival. We have a responsibility to move Masonry through this time of revival. We first have to find that desire we had when we first became a Mason. We were on fire and proud to work in our community and our jurisdiction. We shined wherever we went. When you were asked, whence came you? You would answer that question with all the charitable works you had engaged since the last meeting. 
It was our great grandmaster Prince Hall desire of us. It was through his pain and suffering that we can meet as a Mason and enjoy the fellowship we have today. I want to articulate, again, I know nothing about the Masons, but I do want to extrapolate from one out of the excerpt, one thing that he said. He said, we are the revival. We are the revival. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him we are the revival. We are the revival. Those that are watching online, we are the revival. I quote uh, Dave Gilpin. He said this, we shouldn't ask God to send a revival. Instead, we need to realize that we are the revival God has sent. I want you to know that you are the revival. Revival is coming to the greater Toronto area. We declare that extraordinary is here. I'm telling you the broken will be healed. I'm telling you that the addicted will be delivered. I'm telling you that the empty will be filled. I'm telling you that God has chosen you to usher in what I believe to be the greatest outpouring of his spirit in this region. I'm telling you he's going to shake everything that can be shaken and we haven't come to fear this day we've come to shape it I've come on a mission to see people experience extraordinary in Jesus and that means being baptized in his name filled with his spirit living an overcoming life and watching God do that through the people they're connected to in their world that's why we're here today which leads me to my text and you'll be able to get a break in just a moment Acts chapter 8, verse 4 and 5. And then I'm going to read verse 8. I'm reading out of the New King James. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Did you catch that? Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And look at verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. Can you imagine Toronto having great joy? Imagine Mississauga having great joy. Imagine Oakville and Brampton and Milton having great joy. Imagine Scarborough and Etobicoke and Vaughan and York having great joy. Imagine Hamilton and Burlington having great joy. Imagine the Ontario province being a province known as great joy. Joy that comes from Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, we're living in the last days and people are going to be looking for an answer. I'm going to prophesy by faith that Ontario will shine brightly and that people will know that there is a Jesus name. People that have the answer who are filled with his spirit, who are not running to hide, but are standing in its darkest hour saying Jesus is king he is Lord and he is the answer praise God praise God I'm fired up already I need to slow down but if you could have been here at the one o'clock <laughs> man powerful powerful uh, praise God matter of fact I'm just saying this right now I'm gonna find it if we have it because I and I want our team our pastoral staff to remind me we don't typically publish the one o'clock we just are streaming the three uh, but we had a powerful powerful time and a, a gift uh, man a powerful tongue and interpretation came forth the gifts of the spirit were in operation and I'm going to see if I can get that I want you all to hear that and we'll make that available for you but I want to ask you the question what is revival See, the word revival is actually not found in Scripture, but revive is found a number of times. Revival is its noun form. So let me tell you what revival is. It's a visitation of God that awakens the sleeping. 
it's an inrush of the Holy Ghost. It's a season of refreshing. It's the drenching, showering presence of God. You all know I love these writers from back in the day of Smith Wigglesworth or Charles Finney. I could go down the list of D.L. Moody. Listen to what Charles Finney said. I've said this before. You've heard me quote him when I've quoted him talking about the unutterable gushings of receiving the Spirit. But look at what he says about revival. Revival is the renewal of the first love of Christians, resulting in the awakening and conversion of sinners to God. Praise God. Let me just make it plain for you. The renewing of first love precedes reaching our world. Let me make it plainer. You want to turn your world upside down? Fall in love with Jesus. You want to see miracle signs and wonders? Love Jesus with everything that you have. You want to see your children come to God? Love Jesus. Oh, now, now listen to this. Here's why. Here's, here's what we say about no purpose. Oh, you can have some peace now. Praise God. You're looking. I know that look, but I'm thankful. Here, you know what? Here's what we say. When we say no perfect people allowed, you have the ability. You, you need to know you're in a safe place. Why am I telling you you're in a safe place? Because oftentimes the Bible tells us that it's the perfect love of God. Perfect love casts out fear. We are fearful to be authentic. Y'all not going to help me this afternoon. It's okay. We are fearful to be transparent. There are people right now that are walking in shame over things that have happened to them or things that they're dealing with right now or the things you're worrying about, but that is not the will of God. God does not want you to be strapped down by worry. He doesn't want you to be strapped down by your mistakes. He doesn't want you to be strapped down by your imperfections. He doesn't want you to be strapped down by wearing mask after mask after mask with all these different Christian platitudes, faking everybody out at the stakeout. God wants you to be real with him. He wants you to know that you can be authentic and transparent, not only in his presence, but with the people of God. Why? Because God put humanity in the equation of your healing. God in his sovereignty said, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You and I need one another. I want you to know you are safe and God wants to use you. You are safe to confront your addictions. You are safe to confront your attitude. You are safe to confront your poor financial mismanagement. I'm telling you, you can confront the challenges that are ahead of you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God wants you to know you don't have to cower. You don't have to run. You don't have to hide. You can expose it in the light and God will do great works in your life. If you believe that, give him praise. That's the problem with churches today. You want to know why churches are dying? Because they don't have the answer. But I believe we have the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. And he's looking for us to be authentic and real. You are safe at Extraordinary Church. Praise God. This is why we say, and I say it, I believe with all of my heart. When we say no perfect people, am I condoning sin? Absolutely not. But what I am saying is he who is without sin cast the first stone. What I am saying is all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. What I am telling you is Jesus is greater. Oh my God. That Calvary is greater than any mistake you will have ever made, any sin you ever committed. I want you to know that God is with you and he is for you. Praise God. It's so important we understand that because we're bound by so many other things. And because of that, because we're bound in particular by impressing others. We're bound by that. We don't often reveal or confront certain things. 
And so until we confront some things, can only then change, true change, true transformation take place. Now, how many of us know, this is, this is grown folk preaching this afternoon, because you know what? This is grown folk gospel stuff right here, Pastor Barry. This is, if you really want to change, you have to grow. And you can't keep doing the same things, getting the same results, and expecting something different. That's insanity. But I'm going to help you and equip you. I want you to look at what it said in the book of Lamentations. I want you to consider this in the third chapter. Look at verse 40 through 42. Let us search out and examine our ways. Wow. And turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled. You have not pardoned. See, the issue is not your husband, it's not your boo, it's not your bae, it's not your wife, it's not your boss, it's not your kids, it's not your mom, it's not your dad, it's not your job, it's not the car, it's not your home, it's not the economy, it's not the premier, it's not the U.S. election, it's not coronavirus. Your greatest challenge, your greatest problem, I got news for you, is you. Oh, that's tough to hear, but it is. So here's how we need to examine ourselves. We need to ask ourselves. Instead, when I'm preaching about somebody turning to God, you don't need to stare a hole in the back of your neighbor's head. You need to pull out your phone like you're going to take a selfie. And say, how can I turn to you again, God? I have transgressed and rebelled against you. I'm telling you, we need revival in this hour. You know what? When do we need revival? When we feel the lack or spiritual power, we need revival. When we've lost our concern for souls, we need revival. When we find ourselves drifting away from worship experiences, we need revival. When we are lovers of money and pleasure more than lovers of God, we need revival. When we bicker and we sow discord more than worship and rejoice, we need revival. When we find it easier to criticize and condemn people than pray for them, we need revival. When we don't see the altars filled with hungry people, we need revival. When we don't see the baptistry being filled with people being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we need revival. When our hearts are cold, crowded, and corrupt, we need revival. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord. See, there's not one church in the greater Toronto area that doesn't need revival. There's not one church in our movement that doesn't need genuine revival. There's not one family at the part of EC that doesn't need revival. And there's not one person in this house under the sound of my voice that doesn't need revival. Revive me, O oh Lord. Revive us, O oh God. Revive us this afternoon. Praise God. So, here's the question. Where is revival found? What do you think, Eric? Where is revival sound? Well, let me tell you where it's not found. First, revival is not found where people want to be stirred but unchanged. Second, revival is not found where people want to be told like it is but live like it isn't. Third, revival is not found where we want blessing but not obedience. Finally, revival is not found where we want sermons to shout about Damien, but not to challenge us. 
See, Noah did not build an ark preaching something good is going to happen. Amos didn't fight the high priest of Israel because he had preached confession is possession. Jeremiah didn't find himself in a pit for preaching, hey, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. Daniel was not in the lion's den for saying, possibility thinking will move mountains. And John the Baptist was not executed for preaching, smile, God loves you. No, each of these men preached, repent, 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 repent. What am I saying? Repent, turn away from our ways, seek his face, and let God do a work in our life. Revival that we want can be found in the midst of repentance. Revival can be found in the midst of sacrifice. Revival can be found in the midst of challenges. Yes, revival can even be found during COVID-19 where we're reaching and winning the loss. Revival is found in tremendous travail. I'm telling you, revival is found in our brokenness where we'll get down on our knees and cry out, God, I need you. God, I have to have you. Oh, wretched man that I am. I need you in my life. Revival will happen when we get a hold of repentance and brokenness and turn away from our pride. God's calling us to repent. Oh, I want us to lift our hands. Don't you feel the presence of the Lord? Praise God. I feel what I consider to be the overflow from the 1 p.m. worship experience. The spirit of the Lord is drawing. The spirit of the Lord is calling. I wish to God somebody would just begin to reach out, open up their spiritual ears and hear what I hear. The Lord is calling us, Sue. The Lord is calling us, Jaden. The Lord is calling us, Jordan. The Lord is calling us, JP. The Lord is calling us, Ashley. The Lord is calling us, Andrea. The Lord is calling us, Jim. The Lord of heaven is calling us. Oh, God, help us. Help us to respond to the call. Help us to heed the call, God. You all know I love, I love, I love to read. First of all, I have a, just a, an insatiable appetite for reading. And I'm, I'm constantly reading. And I was telling my kids this. I wish I would have started this earlier with them because I was beginning to invest in them and be much more intentional about their leadership development. As a matter of fact, I've been blessed. The Lord has allowed me to speak all over the country. I've just stopped, and I'm like, uh, all, all over the world. I, I'll, I'll be in a session, especially now digitally. I'm like, y'all come on in and get in on this, because I'm not going to preach to somebody else or do a leadership session, and they don't need to hear it. I, we were driving down the road, and I listened to a variety of podcasts, and I read a whole bunch of different things, but I was telling them, I wanted them to listen to this one thing. But here's what I want to say, first of all. You have to be intentional about growth. You have to be intentional about growth. See, the only way you're going to grow is if you are intentional. The only way your marriage is going to grow is if you intentionally invest in it. The only way that you are going to grow is if you invest in it. You're not going to grow because you want to. Don't get mad at me. How many of us want to lose weight? Praise God. See, y'all, I told y'all be honest. No perfect people allowed. They're like two hands raised. Here we are talking about repentance. We need to repent. I'm going to ask that question again. How many of us want to lose weight? Praise God. Okay, now y'all, thank you, thank you. Yeah, see, if you're like me, I'm like this. Praise God. You know what? You got to put together a plan. You got to put together a plan. It's not enough for me to say, man, I want to lose weight, but you know what? Man, Rihanna's jerk chicken and, and that rice and that raisin bread. You know what? Praise God. Whew. You know, I can't lose weight. 
eating all that. Even recently, I just, you know, I've, I've lost some weight and I've been running. And I can remember I, I just returned a car. We rented a car because I was out of town speaking at a conference. And I'd come back. And I just told Sarah, I, I run every day, six days out of seven. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to run back. Don't even, you don't need to follow me. I'm just going to drop the car off. It's only like three, three and a half clicks, whatever. I'm just going to run back. And I did that. But that wasn't, I couldn't do that when I first started. It took me time. Matter of fact, I was shocked. I told Sarah, I said, I, I said, babe, I made it in like 10 minutes. I was moving. I said, praise God. I was, now, you know, when people see you running, that's a different story. You know, when I run in my neighborhood, people, there's not a lot, a lot of cars, Ashley. So when I'm running, I'm tired. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> but when I was on the street running, I was like this. Because <laughs> I was like, they could see me tired. So I had, I had the juice. I had, I had the juice. I couldn't look tired. So I made it. But my point is, I had a plan. I had a plan. You need a plan. If you don't have a personal development growth plan, you need to implement one in your life. Can I help you today? You know what? I, I, I'm going to preach to you, and I hope the Spirit of God inspires you, and I want to inspire you. But I think oftentimes where the church misses it, we are high on inspiration, but we're not helping you with application and giving you tools. I'm trying to tell you right now, if you want to see radical change in your life where you can get in an alignment with the Word of God, you need to begin to develop a growth plan. Let me just give you one. If you want to pray every day, you need to identify when and where you're going to pray. It is not enough to want to pray. It is not enough. You have, to, you have to set aside a time and a place. For me, on my schedule, every day of the week, Jesus and me then work out. I know what time it's going to happen. I know where it's going to happen. Matter of fact, my dog even knows. Because when I get up early in the morning at 5 or 6, she wants to come up with me. She'll get in my office. She'll hop up on my couch, and I'll look at her like, you know what time it is. You got to get out. I got to kneel down and pray. And so she'll just get right out of the way. I don't have to even say anything. You know why? Because it developed the habit. You have to develop the habit. You have to be intentional. So my question is, what books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? How are you growing in your walk with God? You need to be intentional. Now, I'm telling you, you know what? This is why midweek Bible connection is so important because we help you live out your faith in the 21st century. You need to commit to having these things in your diet. You have to commit to grow. Yes, you want victory. Guess what? You got to grow for victory. You got to choose victory. And victory starts here. I'm telling you, deliverance starts here. Restoration can start here. You have to make a choice to say, God, I'm going to get in alignment with your word and pursue what you have for me. Somebody say amen. amen. So let me, I want to tell you about some of these writers that I love. I mentioned it earlier, like a Smith Wigglesworth or Charles Finney. I want you to hear what John Wesley and George Whitefield said about revival. They said, Revival is this, holding a 3 a.m. prayer meeting. The power of God came mightily upon us insomuch that many cried for exceeding joy and fell to the ground. Wesley and Whitefield would crisscross the globe after that night. Evan, uh, Evan Roberts said this. He said, listen to this. Revival, my God, is a young Welshman named Evan Roberts who found himself repeatedly awakened to pray from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. By November that year, an awakening swept through Wales known as the Welsh Revival. 
Revival is a young woman named Flory Evans. People had been praying night and day. She walked. She was asked by her pastor to stand and testify. She stood and said with a trembling voice, oh, I do love Jesus with all of my heart. That simple statement melted the hearts of all who heard it. Revival began 120 years ago in the industrial part of Los Angeles, California, on the Azusa Street. And God began to move and he sent out missionaries all over the world from that awakening. What I want you to know is God wants to, I believe God wants to do that here in the greater Toronto area. God wants to use you. And can I just tell you, revival starts with an individual. In each of the preceding historical examples I gave you about revival, you will notice it began with one or two people. These people afflicted their hearts and souls before God. This is why we're fasting, by the way. November 17th through the 19th, we want you to join us. But Abraham said, here am I. Isaac said, here am I. Jacob said, here am I. Joseph said, here am I. Moses said, here am I. Samuel said, here am I. Isaiah said, here am I. In other words, revival seldom starts with the masses. It starts with an individual. Praise God. Out of the book of Acts chapter 8, I read to you a citywide revival in Samaria. But do you realize it all began with one man named Philip? Not Philip, Raul the Apostle, but Philip who had been chosen two chapters earlier to wait on tables. He is the one who took the message to the Samaritans. A revival of one. (laughs) A revival of one comprised of running for his life. Yet while running, Philip Philip took the time to share the gospel. Revival begins with the individual. It only takes one match to start a fire. It only takes one person to begin a revival. Let me tell you what uh, Gypsy Smith said, and I want to quote him, so I'm going to take my iPad with me. Somebody asked him, and they said, hey, how can, you have, how can we have revival? And here's what his response was in the 1800s. He said, go home. Y'all ready for this? You want revival, right? Okay, I'm just going to quote Gypsy Smith. Go home. Lock yourself in a room. Draw a circle around yourself with chalk. Ask God to start a great revival within that circle. When God has answered your prayer, the revival will be underway. Praise God. I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. For you. Only you can crawl away and find that breakthrough place with God. Only you can keep praying until revival comes. Only you can search, um, seek after him with all of your heart. Only you can find him in the secret place. Only you can cry out to him on behalf of your family. Only you. See, one person can do much good. You know the results. We talked about it, but here's what. The Samaritans believed. They confessed. They were baptized in Jesus' name. They saw miracles, devils cast out, tremendous healings. Peter and John come along, and they finish the matches. They lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And by that time, Philip's in another in the desert witnessing to an Ethiopian. How long had that, been revi- had that revival been holed up? At least seven to ten years. 
Jesus said, take him to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. It's in Acts 1, verse 8. But it was Philip who advanced the gospel forward. One person was used by God to get the church back on track. So my question to you is, what do you want to see in this city? What do you want to see in this city? Melissa, what do you want to see? Praise God. What do you want to see, Alvin? What do you want to see? Do we want to see our kids saved? Do we want to see our families one? Do we want to see God move miraculously in our midst? One person can see this happen. One person can spark a revival that will not stop. One person can help turn their world upside down. One person can be utilized as the launching pad to a supernatural awakening that can sweep over this entire region. One person can be that person. I quote D.L. Moody, and I'm going to hurry, but D.L. Moody, he was preaching uh, in a church uh, and was preaching a revival, and I'm just keeping it plain. That Sunday morning, according to his words, not mine, the church was cold, dry, and unresponsive. Moody dreaded returning for the evening service. When he got back that night, though, the temperature had changed dramatically. The place was packed and electrified. What had happened? Moody wanted to know. So he began to inquire, and he found out there was an elderly woman woman there who had been in the church that morning who looked after her invalid sister. When the woman returned home, the sister wanted to know about the service. She repeated the essence of what Moody preached, and her invalid sister said this, and I quote, put the lunch away. We must pray and fast for the service this evening. God is about to do something. Two old ladies, one bedridden, said we don't need more programs, we don't need more activities, we don't need more organization. What we need is the power of God resting on that house. Let's turn away from the table and pay the price in prayer. Can I tell you, young people, we need revival. Young adults, we need revival. Those who are seasoned and been around for a while, we need revival. People with kids, we need revival. Corporate business with people, we need revival. Educators, we need revival. Politicians, we need revival. We need revival. We need people who are broken, thieves that can be made honest, marriages restored, liars become truthful, prostitutes made pure, drug addicts healed, alcoholics cured, fathers returning home and being the men they need to be, mothers raising up and becoming prayer warriors, young adults finding their place in God, and adults getting connected with God. That's what we need. We need revival. Praise God. Each of us is revival to this world. Philip didn't wait for someone to tell him what to do, Sarah. He was full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith, and of a good report. That's why he was selected to wait on tables. He didn't wait for someone to say, okay, hey, you can go now. No, he became a posse of one. He allowed God to lead him and send him, and he fulfilled what God had called him to do. He became the revival to Samaria. Praise God. I know this afternoon I didn't come with an inspirational message or speech. I didn't come to make you leave feeling better. I didn't come to see revival break out in this church. I came to see revival get a hold of you.
and for you to understand that you are revival to your world. Praise God. You know what I want to tell you? Quit praying for revival and be revived. Praise God. Quit saying God send someone else and you go. We have the Moses mindset. Here I am, Lord. Send my brother Aaron. Why isn't someone doing something about this or that? Send my sister. There is a need. No, 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 no. You feel the need. God is calling us to step up boldly and say, I am the revival. So you're probably wondering. Let's show them the title of my message. You're probably wondering what this is, and you all can begin to play. What does this mean? I-I-I-T-B-I-I-U-T-M. You know what it means? If it is to be, it is up to me. (laughs) Pastor Barry, if revival is going to break out, if it is to be, it's up to me. If things are going to happen in my home, Shammy, if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm not going to blame somebody else. If it is to be, it is up to me. If things are going to happen on my job, if it is to be, it's up to me. If things are going to happen on my college campus, if it is to be, it is up to me. If things are going to happen in my family, if it is to be, it's up to me. If things are going to happen at Extraordinary Church, if it is to be, it's up to me. If we're going to see revival happen all over this world, If it is to be, it's up to me. If I want to come in and the praise be red hot, people dancing and jumping, if it is to be, it's up to me. If I want to see people responding to the preaching, get behind the preacher. If it is to be, it's up to me. If I want a red hot revival youth group, if it is to be, it's up to me. If I want to see my e-group grow, If it is to be, it's up to me. If I want my marriage to thrive, not just survive, be some ragged imitation of what a marriage could be. If it is to be, it's up to me. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.